Welcome back to the Meddling Kids Podcast, a groovy review of Scooby-Doo. I'm Julie Kin, your host, and today we're going to talk about the Tar Monster from Season 3 of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? So I want to hear from you all whether or not Season 3 is the most amazing season ever, or if you liked Season 1 better. I love this one because of all the -the off-the-wall bonkers ways Scooby and Shaggy try to trap the villains, which we will get into in a little bit. Definitely better than season two because of all the weird songs. Also, in this season, we go on journeys to other countries, which is always pretty cool. For example, the Tar Monster takes place in Turkey because, as we all know, Turkey is famous for its giant pools of tar. No. Not at all. I made that up. Just like the writers of this episode. We start in an exotic scene driving up this Turkish mountain road. And yes, there are actually mountains in Turkey. I had to look it up. We're going to Professor Brixton's camp. He's an archaeologist who discovered a hidden village thousands of years old. In the back of the mystery machine, Shaggy and Scooby are pretending to be Turks, I guess? Shaggy's wearing a fez and playing a recorder, while Scooby's tail raises from a pot, like he's pretending it's a snake, it's pretty adorable, and he plays the tambourine. You know, pretty standard, but amazing shenanigans. All in all, it's a peaceful voyage until they pass a murky swamp, and we see a large, muddy creature with one big eye rise up with a growl. It's definitely the stickiest villain to date. No one in the mystery machine seems to notice this. Fred pulls up to a barbed wire fence to argue with a guard. The guard indicates this is a locked facility, but Fred shows his paperwork and says he's been invited by Dr. Brixton, so total name dropping there. It kind of reminds me of my morning commute every day. I go on to a military base, Joint Base Lewis McCord. Woo woo! I hate being behind these dudes who think they can just talk their way past the armed guards and to, you know, our secure military post. But apparently, Fred's smooth moves work and the guard lets him through, but he watches him warily. The kids hang out with the professor who says they're not going to get to help out after all. See, they had thought they were going to help out on this archaeological dig. They had to stop because the team was frightened away by a tar monster, the legendary creature who lives in the tar pools. And in case you were wondering, I did look up whether or not there are Turkish tar pits and Turkish tar pools, and the only thing I could find was stories about turkeys getting stuck in ancient tar pools, La Brea tar pits. If you have more information on this, please tweet at me. So during this exposition, while Professor Brixton is saying all the boring stuff, Scooby got stuck on a really dangerous-looking pickaxe. He finally gets the blade off his feet. His feet were, like, stuck where the wooden shaft goes, and it flies up and gets stuck in the support rafter of a tent. I am so distracted by this for the rest of the scene because I'm so afraid it's going to come down and hit some person or, you know, even worse, some dog. The professor tells us what happened yesterday when he and his intrepid crew were walking in one of the underground tunnels they had found. They were about to open a door to the inner sanctum of the city when all of a sudden they found ancient curses carved in the stone saying the city was under protection of a tar creature. Beware. And then they heard a terrible roar and saw the tar monster and the workmen ran away, which seems like a logical approach. Plus, last night, says Professor Brixton, I heard my assistant, Mr. Stoner, shouting for help, and now his tent is destroyed and he's disappeared. 
he shows us a really dirty picture of Stoner. I don't mean it's like, ooh, a dirty picture. I mean, it's like covered in tar. It's actually an 8x10 glossy headshot that, you know, just happened to be left behind in his tent. So I guess he was also going on additions in between digging and, you know, writing field notes. There's tar everywhere. By the way, it just occurred to me while watching that Velma was showing a lot of leg for such a conservative country. Come on, Velma, show some respect. When in Rome and all. Okay, the professor is sure there is treasure in the inner sanctum. We never know exactly why he thinks that. And he plans to carry on his exploration, even without his team. He definitely has the spirit of Fred. While the kids are absorbing this, we see a huge shadow outside their tent. Shaggy and Scooby think it's the tar monster, but a man walks in and Professor Brixton explains, there's no need to be scared. It's only his foreman, Benghazi. Okay, so he says it as though it's like Ben Gazi, like Benjamin Gazi. I kind of think it's actually Mr. Benghazi, but we'll just call him Mr. Benghazi. Mr. Benghazi stares at them quite intimidatingly and then brings everyone to their tents. Shaggy and Scooby are sharing, and Shaggy is so loud while gargling that Scooby has to wear earmuffs and an eye mask for sensory deprivation. Okay, peek behind the curtain. I do this too. I wear earplugs and a fluffy yellow eye mask with eyes on it that makes me look like a duckling. It's adorable, and I'll share pics on social media if anyone wants to see this ridiculous look. I admire Scooby's good sleep hygiene. Shaggy is still gargling. Clearly, he's one of those people into oil pulling. But later in the night, Scooby is snoring excessively. He might have sleep apnea. And Shaggy can't sleep. Then we hear growls, and Shaggy sleepily wakes up and says, Oh my, it's only the tar monster. Then, zoinks, he wakes up Scoob, and they run away by bouncing out in their sleeping bags. I'm glad this ep is getting exciting, but I'm a bit disappointed we haven't seen Turkish food or coffee. Someday when I go to Turkey, I plan to arrange my entire trip around the food there. They wake up the other kids, and tar is everywhere. It kind of reminds me of Mr. Hinky the Christmas Poo from South Park fame. Velma says, for once, you two weren't imagining things. Come on, Velma, was that necessary? It just seems overly harsh. Normally, they really are confronted by very, very scary things. It makes sense for them to be a little hypervigilant. Fred wants to follow the tar tracks, but Scooby disagrees. Velma accuses Scooby of having a yellow streak down his back. Is she trying to prove something? And he says, yup, and we see a big yellow streak appear, like he's been painted as part of a new road. I like that Scooby is insightful and straightforward about his anxiety. Fred orders him to quit the clowning. Fred. The tracks end at a tar pool, and as they stand around, they find a piece of old pottery. Scooby has his back to the tar pool, and the tar monster raises up to grab his tail. But he doesn't notice, Whew, and they walk away. Actually, which is better, to narrowly escape danger and not know about it, or to know and be grateful but scared? I don't know. They head back to camp. In the morning, the kids say they are especially excited to see what's in that inner sanctum. Mr. Benghazi is there for breakfast, and he says the local government is also pleased that the professor wants to keep searching. So somehow Mr. Benghazi is not only the foreman of the camp, but also a local politician. Shaggy's keeping busy by cooking for everyone, and he seems really happy, like this is totally his jam. Except Scooby's extendable tongue, go-go gadget style, keeps grabbing the eggs when Shaggy flips them. 
Scooby's responsible for making toast. He has a toaster, but instead he does some pirouettes with bread in a toasting fork around the tent. It's rather lovely. He tosses it in the air and catches it as he does an arabesque. What a dog. They all go underground. This is after breakfast, change of scene. They're in the tunnels. They all go underground and walk toward the inner sanctum. It takes a long time to get there. Shaggy and Scooby knock over and destroy some priceless pieces of art, and then one of them they rebuild into a Great Dane. It's much improved. While they walk, the professor explains his theory, that the city was dropped during an earthquake, and then the surrounding hills buried it so that everything looks untouched. I don't think tectonic plates work that way, dude, but you're the one with a fictional PhD, not me. So they arrive at the door to the inner sanctum, and the professor opens it with his staff walking stick kind of thing. And he says, this is a great moment in history. And they open the door and see... We'll find out after this commercial break. Ragbag is a fortnightly music podcast presented by me, Frank Burton. I play stuff like this. I mean, is this eclectic enough for you yet? What more do you want? I also tell strange stories and engage in some quality listener interaction. Although it has to be said, most of my listeners are not the greatest caliber of person. I'm only being honest. I'm just hoping someone intelligent is actually listening to this promo. Please, help me out here, guys. Download Ragbag from SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher with more information at frankburson.co.uk. We're back from the commercial break. They open the door and it's just a big empty room. Mr. Benghazi says the sanctum has been robbed. All they see inside is the tar monster. But Velma says to relax. It's just a statue put there to guard the treasure. But Fred sees tracks. Mr. Benghazi says, that's impossible. We've got those amazing guards. You know, the ones who let Fred through based on his good looks and charm. The grown-ups go to look for help, meaning Mr. Benghazi and the professor, and the kids stay down there to look for clues. Fred has everyone split up. He goes off with the girls while Scooby pretends he's in a full body cast to prevent anyone from asking him to do anything. I should try that at work sometime. Shaggy and Scooby walk around, and Scooby gets tar stuck in his fur. I am thinking that is super annoying for that dude. He totally gets stuck, and while Shaggy's looking for him, Shaggy knocks over more artifacts. Scooby tries to help and gets a pot stuck on his head. Shaggy finds the same kind of pottery they found at the tar pool. Hmm, that's a clue. Meanwhile, Fred and the girls follow the tracks to another tar pool. This is meaningful to them somehow, but I don't get it at this point. Shaggy hears the tar monster, but he thinks it's just Scooby imitating the tar monster. Nope, it's the real sticky dude. Shaggy and Scooby fool the tar monster by using a bunch of talcum powder, or possibly heroin, some sort of white powder they happen to have with them, to cover themselves and pretend they're statues. Unfortunately, Scooby sneezes so hard that he blows all the powder off himself and Shaggy. I feel you, dude. I've got seasonal allergies, too. A piece of pottery Scooby had been holding like a 
discus gets thrown at the tar monster and sticks in his craw. Because Scooby had been pretending to be the discobus of Myron. You know, it's that really famous statue of the naked dude holding a frisbee. After this, we get a chase scene. During the chase scene music, we see a beautiful purple spider chillaxing on a web across a doorway. She gets out of the way as Scooby runs into the web, and the web is so strong, he gets stuck and then bounces back. Some spider. Must be the kind that chomped Peter Parker. The big kids, you know, Fred, Velma, and Daphne, are looking for Shaggy and Scooby, and they find a workman's toolkit, along with a map with tar all over it. Apparently, this is, quote, just the clue we needed, end quote. I need a few more clues, but fortunately, there's only five minutes longer in this episode, so I know I'll learn all the answers soon. Shaggy and Scooby are still being chased, but they get a temporary reprieve by pretending to be a team of old-timey photographers. The best part of this is Scooby's awesome scarf. Pics on social media, as always. Now, they say there's a special for monsters only. Three prints for a buck. Scooby poses with the tar monster. Then he puts all these amazing screens in front of the tar monster to make him look like different things. You know, like a bathing beauty and a mermaid. Then Scooby and Shaggy stand in front of a bridal couple screen and Scooby looks awesome in a veil. The monster is not amused and chases them. They hide in the mouth of a big lion statue. Scooby growls while pretending to be the lion, but unfortunately this just scares Shaggy. Scooby falls in a tar puddle, and Shaggy thinks it's the real tar monster, of course, and that Scooby is dead. He always goes to such a dark place. This is called catastrophic thinking, and it's one of the mindsets that can increase major depressive disorder. Now you know. Eventually, the big kids reunite, and Shaggy's still crying about losing his bestie while Scooby walks over to him. He takes a break from sobbing. He was like a brother to me. To say hi, and it takes a minute for it to sink in that Scooby is indeed alive. Velma finds a modern air compressor, and this confirms the theory that we haven't heard yet. Fred uses the air compressor to make a super complicated contraption to make a trap. He pumps air through the tunnels and fires involved somehow. I don't really get it. Fred wants it to pump air, but not until they're at the surface. So he makes a long series of little contraptions, like a Rube Goldberg machine, just using all the stuff they have around. The kids run up to the surface, and they see bubbles in the tar pool, which I guess happened because of the air compressor, and the tar monster is trapped in one of these bubbles. And as we all know about how gravity works... The tar bubble floats up into the air to a tree, and the tar monster gets stuck. Everyone gathers, and Fred says, now let's see who the tar monster really is. And he has to grunt a lot as he pulls at the costume, but eventually the assistant, Mr. Stoner, is revealed. He wanted to be able to sneak into the sanctum to steal the treasures before the professor got there. He was getting into the city using scuba gear through the tar pits that connected to the pit inside. It seems like a pretty horrible way to scuba dive to me, but whatever. Velma uses a map to find a hidden wall where she theorizes the treasure is really hidden. Because apparently he did remove all the treasure and moved it to a new place still inside the inner sanctum. I don't know what his ultimate plan was. Was his endgame to come back and get it after everyone forgot? While they're inside looking, Scooby accidentally finds a way to open the wall. And hidden inside this little room 
is all the treasure. And Scooby gets to have a total Scrooge McDuck moment sitting on the pile of gold, wearing a crown and lots of jewelry. It looks pretty awesome. And I'm thinking this is the perfect look for his next rap album. Well, that's a wrap for this episode, too. You can let me know what you think. We're at Meddling Kids on Twitter. And of course, you can join our Facebook group, the Meddling Kids Podcast, or our discussion group, the Meddling Kids Podcast and Scooby-Doo Discussion Group, moderated by the wonderful, wonderful Tiff, who I love. I love you, Tiff. You are wonderful. That was kind of like a palindrome sentence. Thanks so much to Dave Zeste for the use of our theme music, Night Surfing. And thanks so much to all of you for listening and sharing your feedback. I'm so excited to get to share Scooby-Doo love with all of you. Please share the show with others who might like it and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Have a groovy day. And just remember, as you're scraping tar out of your fur, that you would have gotten away with it if it weren't for us meddling kids.